For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. To episode 5 of the Believe in Minnesota Football Podcast, presented by the Believe Podcast Networks. Uh, I'm your host, Tony Liebert, and you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert. Um, in today's episode, we will be previewing the Gophers Week 3 matchup at Colorado against the Buffaloes. I will be taking or I will be talking about players to watch, what makes Colorado a challenging matchup, and uh, I will be going through the what I believe the Gophers' path to victory will look like on Saturday. All right, let's get right into it. Um, I think the the biggest uh, thing that people are talking about regarding the Colorado Buffaloes is their recent 7-10 to loss against the number 5-ranked Texas A&M Aggies uh, last Saturday. Um, so a lot of people are obviously making an opinion from that game. It was a huge statement game, any way that you put it. Um, but I think it's important to realize the uh, circumstances of that game without or before making a judgment. Um, so... Colorado played with the fifth-ranked team in the country and was leading for the majority of the game until Texas A&M scored with 5.30 left in the fourth to go up 10-7. to They scored a touchdown. Um, I think it's important to note that Texas A&M's uh, quarterback, Haynes King, uh, got uh, forced out of the game due to injury really early. Like He only had two pass attempts and one rush attempt. Um, Texas A&M's backup, uh, Calzada, uh, absolutely horrible. He was 18 for 38 for 183 yards. Uh, Texas A&M just could not move the ball at all. So I think that has a large part to do with how tough Colorado's defense is. But Colorado almost won the game, and their only touchdown, only points came in the first quarter. So I think... um, Texas A&M's not the fifth-ranked team in the country. Uh, the The game was at uh, the Broncos Mile High Stadium. It wasn't in Boulder. It was in Denver. So that's important to note, too. Um, but So I think this game showed me that Colorado is a borderline uh, top 25 team. They're like top 40 in the country, much similar to the Gophers' position that they're in. Um, I think this shows that Colorado's rush defense is terrific uh, because they held Texas A&M to only 97 rushing yards. And Texas A&M consistently has one of the better offensive lines in the country and better rushing attacks in the country. 
So I think that is a huge takeaway. Um, it's a huge takeaway that Colorado has the guys to play with the big boys of the SEC. Texas A&M is one of the more talented teams in the country. But as I watched this game, I came away more thinking that Texas A&M isn't good rather than Colorado is uh, is good themselves. But I still think it was important, and it made a statement for that Colorado is definitely not a pushover. And I think they're going to be in uh, most games they play this year. They, they have the guys in the trenches um, to compete with really any opposing team in the country. Not necessarily in the country, but like they're not severely outmatched uh, against most teams in their conference specifically and outside of the like I don't think Texas A&M's a top team in, 10 team in the country so like outside of the top 10 in the country I think Colorado can really play with anyone much similar to the Gophers um but kind of uh diving more deep into uh that game like Colorado's quarterback was only 13 to 25 for 89 passing yards and an interception so it it just that that was it was you need to take away that Colorado was able to have a ground and pound old style dog fight game with the number five team in the country and that proves how good they are. You have to know the circumstances, but that's what I took away from the game. So um, going more deep into Colorado and what makes them tick, what's their strengths. Um, so against Texas A&M, you kind of were able to tell, like they are a rushing football team, uh, much like the Gophers. They like to rely on, uh, their offensive line and their rush tack, um, led by Jarek Broussard, who is the reigning, um, PAC 12 offensive player of the year in 2020, he averaged North of 160 rushing yards per game in the six games that Colorado played. And so far this year, he only has uh, about 150 yards on uh, close to 30 carries through two weeks. Um, Colorado this year likes to go more with a two-headed approach, as Alex um, Fontenot uh, was their leading rusher in 2019, and he's back from injury. So Broussard's their clear number one, but they also like to roll Fontenot out there uh, as an option in their rushing attack. But they're going to love to lean heavily on their rushing attack. They have a redshirt freshman quarterback who clearly is not that refined of a passer at this point of his career. And he's a better rusher. Um, he has he has 120 rushing yards uh, through two games this year. So they love to use him as a rusher too. So they have about three options out of the backfield that are high-level uh, uh, rushers. So they love to rely on the running game time of possession, um, have long drives, and just ground and pound, much like the Gophers have done through two weeks. So this is going to be a very similar matchup. Um, But back to the uh, Colorado rush attack, they have four returning offensive linemen, so they're they're veterans up front. Uh, They've been there before. Um, They they love uh, to just rely on them. Uh, They're not one of the best units in the country, but they're veteran. Uh, 
They're talented, and they clearly have uh, done well for them so far. They uh, helped them run for 171 yards against uh, SEC defensive line. So uh, their offensive line is definitely upper tier. Like they're not upper tier, but it's above average. Um, it's definitely the the run attacks the strength of their team talent wise. Um, so they're, they're going to love to rely on that against the Gophers and for the rest of the season. Um, the, the another big um, strength of this team is their defensive line and their defensive front, their rushing defense, which is which ranks. Um, 13th in the country, uh, allowing only 58.5 rushing yards per game this season. Uh, they uh, like to rely on their trenches. They got good guys up front on defense and good guys up front on offense. Um, Nate Landman is their top guy on defense. He's an inside linebacker. Uh, he was hurt all of last year, but he came back this year and he's performed very well through two weeks um so they love he loves to clean up all their tackles and be their guy in the middle on defense Carson Wells is uh a hybrid outside linebacker defensive end that loves that's can make plays he's a veteran guy uh he will be one of the bigger playmakers on this defense but they have uh veterans and and talent up and down the roster on defense and offense. Uh, they return 15 total starters on both sides of the ball. Um, from So this is a, a veteran team. Most teams in the country returned a lot of guys due to COVID rules, obviously. But this is a veteran team that has clearly shown that they can compete with Texas A&M. They only held them to, held them to only 97 rushing yards. Uh, so, through two weeks, this is a team that will compete in the Pac-12, is what I've learned. They got guys up front, and it presents a unique matchup for the Gophers. Um, another big uh, storyline with the Colorado program is Carl Durrell uh, is heading in. This is now his second full, uh, season as head coach, kind of his first full season at the helm. Because if you remember, uh, Mel Tucker was the head coach of Colorado for one season, and kind of seemed like he was building something. Uh, they were five and seven. They weren't great, but they showed flashes of being a program that can make some noise uh, going forward. Um, but so now he's heading in. Now Darrell took over Mel Tucker after he shockingly left for Michigan State after only one year. And if you remember, that was late in the process because uh, Mark D'Antonio had all his uh, allegations and off-the-field stuff. So it made Michigan State have to go for a head coach late in the process. So it left uh, Darrell with not much time to prep for the 2020 season in the offseason with his guys. Um, but... He performed well that season. They went in 2020. They went four and two. Um, heading into the last regular season game, they were four and zero, oh, and they had a game against Utah. And if they would have won that game, they would have went to the Pac-12 championship game. But they ended up losing a close matchup. 
Um, and then they ended up heading to the Alamo Bowl against Texas, uh, where they kind of got shellacked 55-23. And uh, I believe that was Tom Herman's last game as Texas head coach, if I remember correctly. Um, but so Darrell did very well given the circumstances of how short of a season they had that year. So now this is his uh, first kind of full season and uh, one and one with a close game against Texas A&M. He's kind of uh, done any, everything that you would hope for out of uh, a new head coach. Uh, his background kind of uh, in the early two, early to mid 2000s, he was uh, the head coach of UCLA, uh, where he himself played wide receiver at in college. Um, but since then, he's been an OC, offense coordinator, quarterback coach, wide receiver coach at multiple NFL, NCAA stops. And now he's kind of gotten back to Colorado. So uh, my main takeaway from him is that he's honestly been um, an impressive head coach from what I've seen of, seen of him. Uh, given the circumstances that he's practically had less than two years and he already has this Colorado team as one of the uh, tougher uh, matchups in the Pac-12 to be honest that they he has his guys playing in every big game they haven't gotten embarrassed on a national stage yet the Alamo Bowl loss was tough obviously but uh, to get there in your first season is honestly quite impressive even given the circumstances of how different the bowl season was last year it was still quite impressive so I think uh, Darrell has shown me that he's a good head coach and the Gophers should expect a team that's always going to be prepared and they're never going to be a pushover so I think he will have his guys matched up very well and ready to go this game obviously is his first uh or his first true home game against a power five uh, opponent, bringing them to uh, Colorado Stadium. So it should be very interesting, and Darrell has impressed me as a fan. I had a lot of doubts going into this year. I, To be honest, I didn't know who he was. But uh, he's shown me that he's a good head coach, and going forward I'm going to – not necessarily believe that Colorado is a contender every single year, but I'm going to believe that they're going to show up to every game. Oh, they're not going to get embarrassed. And he's shown that he's a good head coach. He'll have his guys prepared, like I said. So uh, he has this program in a good spot. So the Gophers need to be prepared for a good game and a good matchup on Tuesday. Um, kind of, I think, the third uh, biggest storyline from Colorado so far for the season is their quarterback situation. Um, so their top uh, passer from a season ago, uh, Sam Neuer, uh, ended up winning or being named to second team all Pac-12. Um, but he surprisingly decided to use his extra year of COVID eligibility to transfer to Oregon State. So that left Colorado with an open position or open competition at the quarterback position this offseason. And the two biggest names were um, Tennessee transfer G JT Strout, uh, or Shrout. If you've followed college football, that's obviously a familiar name because 
like most Tennessee quarterbacks, he was at one point viewed to be the next guy, and he wasn't. But um, talented guy. And the other guy he competed with was redshirt freshman Brendan Lewis. Um, Brendan Lewis uh, ended up winning the job. And so he came into this season with his only career start um, coming in the Alamo Bowl last season where, to be honest, he wasn't terrific, but he showed flashes that he can develop into something. Um, so in this this season, he hasn't been great. He hasn't been terrible. Obviously, he had, has led Colorado to a one-and-one um Record. He hasn't made that many mistakes. He only had one interception against Texas A&M and no fumbles. So uh, he's a good decision maker, um, but he is a limited passer, to put it simple. He uh, is 23 of 40 for 191 total yards on the season through the air, um, which is far from inspiring, uh, I would assume, if you're a Colorado fan. Uh, that is a uh, stat line that is definitely not something that you want from your quarterback. Um, but he is talented outside the pocket. He he makes plays with his feet. He has 120 rushing yards on the season. Um, so the Gophers are going to need to prepare for a quarterback. Uh, that has the athleticism to extend plays with his feet and the. I don't think Texas or Colorado is going to put uh, Lewis in situations uh, to fail. I feel like they've been fairly conservative uh, with his uh, with opening the playbook for him so far, and they kind of don't they don't want to lean on him. They want to lean on the running game. Uh, so uh, it definitely limits Colorado's ceiling as an offense. They don't have the talent on the outside and the talent at the quarterback position to push the ball downfield and make big plays through the air. And I don't think they really have to or want to at this point. So I think having Lewis at the quarterback position kind of shows uh, what this offense wants to be and what they can be. Uh, So the Gophers need to be prepared for um, a different situation at quarterback because when they played Ohio State, uh, C.J. Stroud was pushing the ball downfield to their talented receivers, and he, the Gophers struggled with that. They were allowing big plays, and against Miami of Ohio, uh, Brett Gabbert honestly liked to do the same. He liked to push the ball downfield and take deep shots, and that was how they kind of got back into the game. Um so far this season, Colorado has not pushed the down the ball down the field, and they do, do not want to take deep shots. So I think that kind of honestly plays into the Gophers' hands because their biggest weakness this year is allowing those big plays. So uh, I think they can kind of game plan more just for the running game, and the, the Gophers have the guys on their front seven to stop a team in the running game. Uh the question is if they will perform well enough to do that. But they certainly have the guys on the front seven more than they have the guys in the back end. So I, I think this team uh, matches up well with the Gophers, honestly, and kind of plays into their hand. Um, but like Durrell, Carl Durrell, their head coach, he's clearly offensive-minded, playing wide receiver in college. 
had uh, a few stops as an offense coordinator, quarterback coach, and wide receiver coach. So he might have uh, more wrinkles he wants to put into the offense going forward as he fully puts his system into this team. Like he's only played, this will be his ninth, or this will be his ninth game as head coach. So uh, I don't think it's fair to make too many assessments of how exactly this team's offense will look under him going forward and for the rest of the season. Um, But I think it's fair to say that we're going to see a rush-heavy attack, which I think plays into the Gophers' hands. All right, so what will this game need to look like for the Gophers to leave with a victory? Um, Like I've kind of said previously, this game is going to be one in the trenches, plain and simple. Uh, It's going to be whoever wins up front is going to win this game. Both teams love to dominate time of possession. Uh, the Gophers are in the top 10 nationwide for time of possession so far this season. Uh, Colorado was like top 30 last year. Uh, they're kind of uh, buried deeper on the list this year due to their game against Texas A&M, who also like to do the same. Um, but it's going to be one in the trenches. It, 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 it kind of is the same football speak to say every time that this game will be one in the trenches and whoever commits fewer mistakes is going to win. But that's the case. Uh, both these teams don't personally like to take too many chances. Um, I think if the Gophers were to open up their playbook and have more creativity on offense, uh, it would give them a huge advantage because I think they have a massive massive advantage at the quarterback position and at the wide receiver position in the passing game. So I think they need to use that advantage. Even though they want to be a team that uh, leans on the running game every single game, I think it need they need to go, if I was the head coach and play caller, they need to go by a game-by-game basis. In this game, if they were to uh, pass the ball and uh, lean on their pass attack, it would give them a huge advantage. And, I mean, I'm not going to count on that happening. Um, so that's why I think they will need to uh, win in the trenches. Because I personally, I, I wish it, they would be more creative on offense, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, I think the, the Falele, uh, John Michael Schmitz, and all the guys up front, Connor Olsen, they're going to need to have a big game. Uh, this will be a big game on the front seven. Uh, Boye Mafe has shown flashes again, much like he did last year, but he has not been consistent yet. Um, if he has a great, if if he has his best game of the season here, I think it will give the Gophers a huge chance of winning and a huge boost on their front seven. Um, they obviously have a good rotation at uh, in the interior and has been playing well. Um, MJ Anderson, another guy on the outside that, that's been playing well on the defensive front. Um, if they get another big game from him, I think that'll be huge. Um, at the linebacker position, um, just consistency and limiting, uh, limiting, limiting those big plays. So like Mariano Sorimarin's going to need a big game. And uh, Jack Gibbons, who's been playing pretty well, uh, he'll need to continue to play well. Um but really, the front seven and the Gophers' offensive line are going to need to show up. If they don't show up, I don't know how they're going to win this game, to be completely honest. Because uh, Colorado has shown that their guys are going to show up. 
Um, so the Gophers are going to need to do the same. It's obviously a um, bigger challenge uh, with the altitude uh, for this game. Uh, people are going to love to talk about it on the broadcast. Uh, PJ is going to love to bring it up. That uh, Boulder, Colorado, the city itself is about 5,300 feet above sea level. Um, give or take a few feet, obviously, for the stadium. Um, but that presents a challenge. And PJ recently said in the press conference that um, he would like his team to not be in Boulder, Colorado for that long because the longer you're there, the more it affects you. Um, and I've never uh, been to Colorado, so I honestly don't know how big of a difference it makes. So I could tell you that I think it's an overreaction. But from what I've heard, I think it makes a huge difference in uh, a person's conditioning and how they feel during the game. Um, so I have no idea how much it's going to affect the Gophers, but hopefully they've had enough uh, training, I guess, and preparation for it not to affect them. Um, but more the X's and O's. Like, this is going to be a boring football game, to be completely honest. I don't expect either team um, to take many shots downfield. After watching the Gophers against Miami of Ohio, P.J. Fleck, he still loves to uh, coach to not lose instead of coaching to win. And that was what happened against Miami of Ohio last week. Uh, he was the conservative play calling and the, the run calls were uh, playing into that theme. Like, he was just a conservative head coach. So, I mean, I hope that the play calling is more aggressive in this game. And I think if it is, it gives the Gophers a huge advantage. Um. But I, I'm not counting on that. So it, as a fan, you, you need to hope that they limit turnovers, limit mistakes, and they win in the trenches. It's going to be a field position game. Uh, the punting and uh, special teams is honestly probably going to play a big role. Uh, the ball travels uh, further uh, at elevation, so I don't know how much of an impact that's going to make. Um, but... Yeah, this is going to be a classic, just like dogfight uh, football game. It's going to be uh, one within the trenches. Uh, not many huge plays. Might get some huge runs, but they're not going to take shots deep in the passing game. I hope the Gophers do, but I don't know if they will. Um, I think the Gophers' advantage at quarterback will play out eventually, and it will give them an advantage enough um, to uh, defeat Colorado. Uh, personally, I think it'll be a close game, and I think a uh, big big play here and there in the Gophers passing game, which I expect them to take, will uh, ultimately be the difference in this game. Um, well, that's all I got for you today. I appreciate li you listening. Uh, Ski Ma, row the boat, and go Gophers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.